This is Allie's story. Welcome back to the Six Feet Above podcast. It's been a hot minute since I recorded, and I'm so excited to be back in my studio. I was gone for several weeks uh, back home in upstate New York, and you're my first guest back. Yay. So I might be a little bit rusty, but Allie McAllister is here joining me live in studio. Welcome. It's so nice to be here. I love doing these live. Oh my gosh. So that's the thing. Like, I can do, you know, obviously could do it through like Zoom and whatever, but there's something about being in person that I thrive off of. And I also feel like with the subject matter of the material that like I talk about, it's so much better in person. So much better in person. You know, we get to like feed off each other. I got to meet Nola. It's like all the best things happen. (laughs) Everybody loves Nola. Face to face. Right, 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 right. So I appreciate you taking the time and being here. And I'm just so excited to hear your story because I don't know a lot about it. And that's one of my um, favorite type of favorite types of interviews is when I don't know a lot about somebody and it comes across like, this is the first time I'm finding out because it's the first time our listeners are finding out. So Allie, you're a nurse practitioner. You're local here to Atlanta. This is true. But what exactly do you do? Because I think when we hear nurse practitioner, Um, we think one direction and you're kind of the other direction, right? Right. So nurse practitioner, you might think hospital, doctor's office, Mm -hmm. and I do work at an aesthetic doctor's office, an aesthetic practice, but all I do now in my career are cosmetics or aesthetics. So I do injectables, Botox, filler, Dysport. We have a new laser that's coming on. So my day is full of making people feel really pretty. Nice. It's fun. Were you ever in like the more traditional nurse? practitioner field. Yes. What did you used to do? So I started out as a pediatric ICU nurse. Oh, wow. Um, So I was bedside. I worked night shift um, at a high acuity hospital where I did pediatric trauma. Okay. Really amazing and fun. But I always knew I wanted to become an aesthetic nurse practitioner. That was kind of my in between, if you will. So then I went back and got my master's and I worked in general dermatology for almost seven years. So doing skin cancer prevention, um, biopsies, treating acne, Sure. But I also did aesthetics while I was there. So where are you from originally? So I'm born and raised in Auburn, Alabama. Okay. Um, I went to UGA, lived in Kentucky for a little bit, but I've been in Atlanta for eight years. Um, Me too. Well, actually almost nine, but yeah. 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 So I just recently made the switch to go 100% aesthetics. So coming up on a year. Why? What was your motive there? Entrepreneurship. So I really wanted to own my own practice. um, And I ended up partnering with a practice out of Dallas to open Lemon Avenue Atlanta here in Atlanta. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, originally I thought I wanted to go more the medical route. I did that in dermatology and all my aesthetic patients followed me to that practice. So I ended up doing more aesthetics than I was even doing before. It kind of followed me around, if you will. Um, And those relationships with those patients, you see them every three months for their neurotoxin and sometimes, you know, once or twice a year for filler. And I just got a really loyal following who I loved and wanted to kind of create a practice that was geared just for them. That's awesome. So I guess my question is when you say you wanted to follow the entrepreneurship route as a nurse practitioner, you have to work at a doctor's office if you're, you know, doing something with a patient, correct? Like you have to be so under So it varies a state by state. Okay. Um, in some states, nurse practitioners have full autonomy, meaning they oh, can wow. run their entire practice without even having a supervising physician. In Georgia, you have to have a supervising physician. Um, we actually have two. 
Okay. Um, neither of them um, are in the office full time, though. Okay. As a nurse practitioner, I can see my own patients. I can prescribe um, and order product. And then I have nurses that work there and physician's assistants as well. And so, you're 100% the owner? So, no, I partnered with you a partnered plastic with, surgery okay. group out of Dallas. So, Lemon Avenue um, has been in Dallas for a long time. It's a little bit of a, a convoluted story, but I own a training conference with one of their nurse practitioners. Okay. And through that, I met um, Dr. Mark Duber and his wife, Carrie Duber. If you were ever a Real Housewives fan, you might have seen them on Real Housewives of Dallas. So that's who I partnered with to open the Atlanta location. Got it. Yeah. So we opened in January. That's So where are you located? What so we're in Dunwoody, right okay. across from Perimeter Mall. And yeah. we just moved into our permanent space. We did a full build out and it is it's beautiful. Like, it's gorgeous. I yeah. need to come see it. Yeah. It's like oh, a happy place. Gosh. Yeah. So what are you like, are you there every single day? Or are you yeah, I mean, I feel Dallas like I live day? there, um, yes. yeah. <laughs> but that's part of just, you know, yeah. entrepreneurship, like right. I said. So right. I'm there seeing patients usually Monday through Friday, Yeah. sometimes on Saturdays. Um, we're busy. It's, it's, busy. You know, good. it's everything you ask for, right? When you open a practice. Yeah. yeah. I spend a decent amount of time in Dallas, mostly because of owning Lemon Avenue here, and then also um, my training conference that I own called Cold Aesthetics. Mm -hmm. My business partner, Jim Pilat, is based out of Dallas, so we're there a good bit too. So when you say training, what you're teaching other so nurse practitioners, we, yeah. other injectors or whatever? It's really cool. So we were literally having um, margaritas at a pool a few <laughs> years ago, and um, we're the like, you know. best story starts with margaritas. Don't they always I mean, start with a little honest. tequila? Yeah. So extra spicy margarita uh -huh. for us. And we said, you know, we could we could kind of shake up this industry. Traditionally, the aesthetic conferences are owned by plastic surgeons mm. who um, – maybe don't do so much injecting themselves, but are huge names in the aesthetic fields. Yeah. And a lot of the injectables are being done by nurse practitioners, physician assistants, and even RNs in some states. Sure. So we wanted to make a conference that was run by those of us that are doing it day in and day out. So we invite about 35 attendees to our conference. It's retreat style. What that means is you pay for your ticket and then you get there and we take care of the rest. So, so fun. Black Car Uber picks you up. Oh, we wow. have it at a gorgeous hotel. We invite trainers from all over the world. Um, we have spoken at our own conference, but mostly we're finding like the best of the best teachers and bringing them together for a weekend. Yeah. And it's turned into this kind of like collaborative community where the same people are coming to multiple conferences. We text each other if we ever need, you know, an issue with a patient. Support, yeah. Yeah. So, so how often do you cool. do that? We're doing two a year. Okay. So we had one in June in Nashville. Our next one is in September in San Diego. Um, our last three have been completely sold out. Wow. So those have been really fun. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it like a whole weekend sort of thing? It's or? a, yeah, Friday yeah. to Sunday. Yeah. Um, behind the scenes, up until we hired our first employee probably two months ago. Yeah. But up until then, it was myself and Jen and then an event planner. And that was it. So cool. So it's been really cool. That's kind of exploded. We accidentally, you know, started a few companies during COVID and here we are. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like, I don't know, I've, I've, I've actually talked to several, a lot of my most recent guests have started a business during COVID. Yeah. And I feel like it almost gives you you know, it's one thing to have a business and it's cruising along and COVID hits and it's like, bam, in your right. face. But when you're already starting with an uphill battle, you're like, what do I have to lose? A hundred percent. You know? And I, I have heard over and over people say, like, I didn't know what I was getting myself mm -hmm. into. And 
we had no clue what we didn't know, yeah. which made it so yeah. much easier. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're overly educated on business, I have no business experience. Right. Obviously, I'm like fully medically trained. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like an Excel spreadsheet. Like, yeah. I don't know how to use this. <laughs> now I do. Yeah. Um, so we didn't really know what we were biting off. We didn't know what it would turn into. So it's been a crazy two years. That's awesome. In the best though. way. We yeah. love it. Yeah. Um, it's exhausting. Yeah. And kind of lonely in this strange entrepreneurship way. And I think that's kind of what the conference has given us is some more support from other sure. people that own their own practice or it's just a little different so than you mean the like traditional field. Lonely in the fact versus when you were a nurse practitioner, like at the dermatology office, like there was always somebody higher up kind of telling you what to do. And now you're like floating around trying to figure it all out. Or what do you mean by Even lonely? more so. So you know, when I worked for a derm practice, I went to work at like 7.30, but I was usually done at like at 3.30 or 4. Mm-hmm. I worked four days a week and I really took zero responsibility home with me, mm-hmm. right? So while I was at work, I was working really hard. Right, but right. The downtime was nothing. Got it. Now I feel like there is no off switch. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it all comes down to, to me. Absolutely. Or at least I think we feel that way sometimes yeah. more than it really yeah. is. But you know, I wake up and I'm answering emails and then I go see patients. And then, you know, if an employee doesn't come to work, it used to not be right. my problem. Right. Now it is a hundred percent my problem. Yeah. Right. So I mean, lonely in the sense of probably for the last year and a half, it has been a huge grind. Um, mm-hmm. and I haven't had the time to, to go out and spend with my friends right. or even my family, right. um, like I used to. And I think that can feel lonely. Totally. Totally. So is all of your family still in Alabama or? So my mom and stepdad live here. Okay. Um, and, you know, they're in full support. They're completely understanding of it all. I think my friend group has gotten smaller. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it takes those friendships, the ones, because you you just don't necessarily have the bandwidth to be the best friend that you've been for sure. 30 years, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's those friendships where you call them once every month or so yeah. and they're not upset that it has been four weeks right. that have like kind of carried us through this building yeah. phase. Yeah. But I think I always heard people say that like it's, it's a world you don't know with entrepreneurship. And I think it's totally true. Yeah. So I think, okay, let me ask you this. How old are you? I'm 32. Okay. So I think there's a point where you turn 25 and you have all the friends in the world and all the people and all the things and the people that get married at 25, 26, 27, 28 have 20, you know, bridesmaids. And, and yes. then you turn 30 and then you turn 35 and then you hit 40 and you realize like those people served a purpose during that period of time. And that's fantastic. That's yes. great. But as you get older, especially somebody on a path like you're on. You're spending so much time focusing on your life and improving your, you know, future, mm-hmm. right? You're doing all this for your future self, for right. the s- serving other people in this community. And you just have less space. You have less capacity for the people that are just kind of acquaintances. A hundred percent. I mean, it's, you very much have to, or at least I've leaned into that quality over quantity. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, it's, have you outgrown that lifestyle that yeah. that like basically made that possible, right? Like sure. I can't go out on the weekends and drink all day anymore, right? right? right. So it's more like, can we meet up for a workout class? Like right. it's like you're fitting people into your life. It's a selfish time, yeah. right? And I don't yeah. know that 
we're always used to that being okay. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I feel selfish a lot of the time where I'm like, all I do is talk about my businesses mm-hmm. or what I'm doing, even like with my husband, um, where I'm like, okay, I know you want to talk about something besides <laughs> this. Right. <laughs> but I think you're completely right. It's like you enter into your own. And yeah. what that means is it's different for everybody. But like you said, with the bridesmaids thing, like I just got married a few months ago with zero bridesmaids. Really? <laughs> zero. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, we we got married abroad, so it was a little different. Yeah. But yeah. I think it's completely true. Like you feel like and you, you feel have like you to missed have... out on anything? No. My yeah. best girlfriends were there and they didn't sure. have to wear an ugly dress. <laughs> <laughs> they got to look hot. Right. But I also get it. I'm like, you're you're in that place in your 20s or 30s, whatever, whatever age you're in. Like if you want that. It's totally fine. Right. Exactly. But I think at some point you kind of look back and you realize like those people may or may not still be in my life the way that they were then. And it's okay to be selfish. It's okay to like find your own path. Yeah. Especially when you decide to open a business or start a family or whatever it is. And the, the, the real friends will understand that. And hopefully your real friends are doing the same thing to further their own lives in whatever 100%. capacity. So you just have less time. And I think you kind of nailed it with, it could look like starting a business. That's mm-hmm. what it's looked like for us, but it could also look like building your family. Yeah. And I think, I feel like we still feel like it has to be right or wrong. Like either you're really career focused mm-hmm. and that's the right way to do it, or you're family focused and that's the only right. way to do it. And I don't right. think, I think it's whatever you want it to be. Right. I wish we would stop like apologizing for yeah, like, you know, yeah, for where we're at sorry in our life. Sorry to do this X, Y, and Z. I yeah, or like I'm sorry I had to like do this with my kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's like that's totally cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's almost like we have to own our path. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, I also think that, you know, there is there is a sense of like, okay, you can't have it all. And like I think that's such bullshit. I think you absolutely can have it all. And I think there's a point where it doesn't feel that way because you're working so hard at everything. Mm-hmm. But I think eventually, like if you stay the course, if you are still a good friend, like you you can still be a good friend and not 100%. see or talk every single day or every single week. Um, but if you're using the time that you did spend on the phone or you mm-hmm. did go out day drinking on the Beltline every Saturday, like if you're <laughs> if you're actually pursuing something, eventually you'll get to a place where you're like, I, I have the family, I have the career I have. Mm -hmm. You can have it all. It's just a matter of getting to the point where it feels like it was worth it. Yes. And it feels like you're not completely consumed and, and drowning and everything. And I think there's like little tiny, like I think of that as like, you're like climbing up the mountain. Right. But I, it's not one big giant mountain. Like it's all these tiny little hills. And I think when you're on the downward hill, like everything's going great. Like that's the good time to like call your girlfriends and plan a dinner. Right. Um, Right. or even for us, it's been a little bit like, I'm like, okay, I need to prioritize those. Like, don't forget their birthdays. Yeah. Don't forget the big stuff. Yeah. Um, show up in that way. Mm-hmm. And I think they are a lot more forgiving of, you know, if you can't make a random Wednesday night, right, right. you know, martini night or whatnot. Right. But a hundred percent, like, I think we're all trying to build this life that we want. And it's really cool that we're like able to do that yeah. now in ways that didn't exist even like 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh my gosh. You totally. know, so totally. we have all this opportunity and I think it's true. It's, it can feel daunting and overwhelming, but if we like kind of grind our heels in and yeah. do the hard work now, yeah. I, you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Totally. Even if there's going to be another heel after that. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So where do you get your work ethic from? Like, because not everybody 
entrepreneurship is not meant for everybody. Hell no. You know, um, <laughs> it's just a different, I think it's a different breed. It's a yeah. different type of person. And I'm not the type of person that can sit at a desk from nine to five and work for somebody else. I did that for a year out of college and I was probably like the most depressed year of my entire life. Right. And I never knew what I wanted to do, but I knew I didn't want to do that. I think that's huge. It's like, I don't know exactly what it looks like, but I can tell you what it's not. Yeah. I think part of it is just how I, like, I think I maybe was born this way. Mm. I'm an only child. Mm. Um, So am I. Are you? Yeah. That's so funny. Some of my best friends are onlys too. Yeah. So, you know, my mom will say, and I don't ever remember anybody ever telling me like, you should do your homework or go finish this. I was kind of always a little bit of an overachiever. Right. Um, And I think it comes a little bit from not wanting to disappoint anybody. Um, I have high expectations for myself, which can be hard sometimes. Mm -hmm. And I, I, but also it's been great. Like, it's led me to be a, you know, a good student and, and then take it a step further and open a practice. Um, I watched my mom who was the first person in our family to go to college. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm the second and watched her work as a teacher. She always did summer school. She always did after school programs. And then my parents divorced when I was 13 or 14 and it could have devastated our family financially. And she, you know, to my embarrassment at the time, was selling perfume at the mall, Mm. cleaning my great aunt's hair salon, whatever we had to do to, like, make ends meet. Wow. Um, Which, you know, like I said at the time, I was – I remember feeling really frustrated, like, a little woe is me. Yeah. Right? Um, But looking back, like, there's no – that's probably exactly where my work ethic comes from. Like, me not having financial stability as an adult has never been an option. Yeah. You know, and you're, you were inspired. Like, again, I love to kind of get into somebody's past and their history, because when you start talking about it, you're like, oh, that's why I'm like this. That makes a lot of sense. Like, I don't know why. Maybe that's that's a hundred percent why. So did your, can I ask, did your dad stay in the picture? Yeah. So of course you can ask. That's why we're here to talk about the fun stuff. I just want to make sure, you know. Yeah. Um, No, he did not. Mm. So, you know, my mom was very present growing up. What's interesting, and I haven't really thought about this a lot until recently, is my dad was an entrepreneur. Okay. So my dad started a few companies. Um, They were successful, but But ultimately- he never went to college? Never went to college. Um, Ultimately, um, alcohol abuse, I think, Mm. is what's his detriment. Um, and probably some other, I don't know, personality characteristics that that kept him from being successful fully. Right. So there was a time when things were financially great. Um, and then he couldn't really keep that together. And when I was about 14, he was arrested for soliciting to a minor online. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Um, so and I grew up in a small town. Yeah. So, so that gets around. It gets around. Yeah. My, I remember my mom being super concerned that it would ruin like my high school experience. Yeah. Because at 14, you're about to go into yeah. high school. Right? And this That's was like, like the grade. world of AIM, right? Oh. And like the very beginning <laughs> of that kind of shit. So it, um, yeah. And it honestly, somehow he got arrested outside of my hometown and it never broke news in wow. our hometown. So um, we were kind of able to like hide that out a little yeah, bit, but yeah. you know, we moved out of my childhood home. Mm-hmm. Um, and I saw him a few times again, um, with my mom and just trying to, because I think that's, I think she thought that's what you should do, right? Mm-hmm. Your parents get divorced mm-hmm. and you still maybe visit with your dad. And I, at the time I was just like, I don't 
like you. Mm -hmm. I don't like you as a person. I had never really connected with him. Um, And, you know, he, I was never abused, Um, but I still never felt like I could trust him or count on him. There were things like he'd forget to pick me up from school, Mm. you know, that type of thing. I think not showing up. More of a neglect. Yeah. Or just an active something, but just like an absence. Totally an absence. Yeah. Yeah. He'd disappear for like a work trip for a week and um, maybe not always the kindest to my mom. So I remember all of that happening. And then my mom kind of in in a lot of ways, doing everything she could to like make sure that I was shielded. But at 14, you know everything that's right. going on, right? There right. is no hiding that. Yeah. Um, and I remember we moved out. We moved into this like kind of crappy duplex. Um, we would eventually move into this townhouse. And I remember the night we went and stayed over there. Like we literally slept on the floor on like cushions, but we were so happy to have a place that yeah. was like ours and yeah. bright and clean and safe. Um, but I remember just turning to her and being like, why they were separated. We never saw him really, but like, why didn't you divorce him? Like, what are you doing? Mm. And I think she just was, didn't know what else to do. She'd been with him for a really, really, really long time. Um, so all that to say, I think that, um, has like shaped a lot of who I am. I'm kind of hard headed to a fault at times, but I sure as hell wasn't going to let that stop me from going on and being successful. Right. Um, Right. So again, I, I say this in every single episode when somebody has a history like this, it's like you kind of have two paths. I mean, we see it all the time, especially with teenagers where, you know, something like this happens in a household and they go the opposite direction. Right. And, and they go down a path of maybe, you know, drugs or alcohol themselves right. or um, just causing pro- more problems. Havoc, and, yeah. 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 That's totally normal, right? That's a cry for help. That's right. like- I'm pissed off, poor me, whatever. And then there's people like yourself. And I do think there's a genetic, like honestly think there's a genetic component in people. 100%. There has to be, right? Because there, take two people with the same circumstances. Dad was an alcoholic, got divorced from the yeah, mom. Yeah, arrested in this crazy mom. thing. Yeah. yeah. And like you could have one, you know, person go this direction and then somebody like you right, never really fall off the rails. I'm sure you've had your ups and downs, but- it sounds like it kind of created even more who you were meant to be and and be yeah. like I'm confident in myself. Mm-hmm. My mom basically, you know, had to figure it out and do whatever she could to make sure I had food on the table. Right. And you can either kind of resist and go against what she's trying to do or, yeah, you're a little bit embarrassed that she's selling whatever at the mall. Right. But at the end of the day, it's like you didn't go that opposite direction, you know? Totally. And I think, you know, it's not like I was perfect in high school. I definitely, I think one thing, and this is genetics, I think, is that I've always been pretty academically gifted. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I studied, I wanted to make straight A's. If I had not made an A, I was like, you know, distraught. But um, I was able to party a little bit and enjoy high school and still excel academically. Yeah. But I, I remember my mom not wanting to tell me what had happened at first because she was scared, like you said, that I was going to kind of lose it. Right. right. Um, and I never did. And I will say that I think I have a hard time um, maybe empathizing with people who um, love to, like, carry their baggage yeah. as an excuse for yeah. things. And I, I probably should, you know, talk to my therapist about that <laughs> because I'm a little bit like, you know – Things happen in life, right? right? Like it's not always going to be easy. But yeah. if you if we make an excuse for everything, like yeah, you're yeah. never going to reach whatever that potential right. is. Right. 
But I think you're the type of person that figured it out yeah. and made a way for themselves. So it's hard for you to understand somebody that doesn't have that capacity. percent Yeah. And I, you know, I'm so, my mom was there a hundred percent for me. Yeah. And I think in a lot of instances when this happens or you go through this kind of crazy divorce, whether it be the same thing that we went through, you don't have that strong support system. Right. 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 And I, I've dealt with my dad randomly trying to come back into the picture. I was going to say, does he ever reach out? Very strange times. And it's always like the most inconvenient, like before a final mm. or like, and it's never an appropriate way. Mm. And and he's never been able to own up to um, mistakes that he did. Mm-hmm. It's always an excuse and somebody else's fault. And um, because of that, I, it's weird. I actually thought about this on the way over here. I was like, you know, it, it I think it's something that I've already mourned, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, I got married. I don't think he has any clue that I'm married and I'm totally fine with that. Um, like obviously wasn't there. Oh no. I mean, I, it would be, I have not physically been in the same like area as him since I was probably 15 or 16. So that's a long time. We're talking, what is that? 15 years? Yeah. 16, 17 years. Yeah. So I think it's something that I've like mourned and I think we all hit that age where you realize that your parents are humans. And I think I was kind of smacked in the face with that, but I still have friends that I feel like don't understand that their parents are actual like people. Right. You know what I mean? Faults. Yeah. 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 And their own struggles and their own emotions. And I think that I saw that really early on and was like, okay. Yeah. And my mom and I are insanely close. um, And I have a stepdad who I adore. So, yeah, I mean, all of that, I think, shapes you to be who you are and sure. stubborn and bullheaded. And uh, yeah. yeah I think. So then when you got into high school, did you – I feel like you probably got a job right away or something. <laughs> oh, I worked like my yeah. whole life. Yeah. yeah. So I babysat. I worked at a doctor's office in high school. Is that where this kind of yeah. interest came I, from? My, gra- my mom's dad had diabetes okay. and lived with us at the end of his life. He had to have his leg amputated, kind of uncontrolled diabetes mm-hmm. um, and also – alcoholism in the past so he moved in with us when he was sober and mm-hmm. I didn't know him as when I was really young but I was probably like 10 11 um, and I used to give him his insulin shots mm. so I think it started then I think I loved the medical aspect I loved helping people yeah um yeah and I I'm a I'm like a people's person yeah you know like I enjoy like I meet probably 15 new people a day sure and they're in my chair and it's kind of intimate you know yeah very (laughs) (laughs) they're telling me about what they want to change about their face yeah and yeah and it you know you have to have some sort of caring capacity for that sure um so I think that's what led me to the medical field so did you put yourself through school and everything yeah so totally I mean um I worked the whole time um, part-time jobs and then, um, you know, lots of student loans. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I bet. Oh lots Where'd of student you go to loans. College again? So I started out at the University of Georgia okay. and then I graduated from Medical College of Georgia got with it. my nursing degree and then I got my master's at Samford. Um, so yeah, I worked and took out student loans when yeah. I needed to and scrounged up change and didn't wear the designer clothes. And, yeah. you know, I, I remember you. those periods yeah. in college because I think college is a rude awakening of the um, differences in the socioeconomic classes, right? Like you see it in high school, but for me going to Georgia, Georgia, I was like, I had never seen such. And I was, you know, in a sorority, which- You were? Yeah. I, at the time was really important for me. Mm -hmm. Looking back, I probably wouldn't have changed my career, but I mean, my like social path, my best friends are people that were in my dorm. 
Um, but I did it for a few years and the financials that you see there are very eye-opening. Yes. It's interesting. Yes. Which to each their own. Sure. But I was actually just talking to um, a friend who has, she's dating somebody who has a, a daughter at Auburn and then another one of my former clients um, who used to take all my flywheel classes. Her daughter just started at Auburn too and they're going through Rush and all these things. And then I just heard about this Netflix series that's like called Rush Bama where they're yes. talking about the, and I, so I went to Syracuse and, um, I'm from a really small town and I had, I didn't even, I'm like, I didn't even know what a sorority was. I had never seen like a designer handbag. Like oh, yeah. I just, it wasn't on my radar. I didn't even know. Like I'd also never seen a lot of black people or Asian people. Like that's how small yeah. a town this was. So when I went to Syracuse and everybody's like going to these sororities, it was a lot of downstate um, like Long Islanders. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I do not fit in here. And it's yeah. like my first semester at college was rough because I felt like I am not like these other girls. You feel isolated. Yeah. Totally. And plus I'm like six feet tall. So I don't really <laughs> blend in anywhere right. I go. Um, but then I joined the rowing team randomly and I met two of my best friends, you know, still closest friends. And it's like, you just have to find people that are like you and similar to you and not everyone is everyone's cup of tea, but like the soror, I, I feel like I need to do like podcasts on that. Cause I have so many thoughts about it, but it's, well, and you look back and you're like, and it's not to bash them all. Like I'm sure, you know, I, I literally, my best friends are the girls that lived across the hall from yeah, me in the dorm, yeah. complete random rightness. I do have friends that I think I met through the sorority, like arena yeah um but you think back and you're like wow it's mean it's like so catty and mean (laughs) but it's like it's kind of the way life is in a way but when you're that age you want to be a part of that of course you do totally normal and i went i grew up in alabama so this Mm. was out of state for me so i was like this is how i'm gonna make friends right 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 the parties were fun um, yeah, I bet. You know, dressing up for the socials and stuff. It was it was a good time. Yeah. But yeah. you do look back and you're like, wow, that was weird. Right. Right. <laughs> I paid a lot of money for that social clickiness. Exactly. Just to fit in. Yeah. So then you get your master's and then how do you end up in Atlanta? So my mom had met my stepdad and moved to Atlanta. Okay. So um I did a little stint in Kentucky and then I moved back here. And because my parent, my mom was here um, and my stepdad. So I never left. Um, My husband is from here and I think Atlanta's where we'll stay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just opened this practice, so we're not going anywhere. Right. right. Um, In the airport, we love to travel. So the airport makes it a plus. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I'm going to ask you a question that I, we didn't really talk about. That's okay. Go for it. But when we chatted, so we chatted a few weeks ago, you found, remind me again, how you found my podcast. I found your podcast, I Instagram. Was it? Yeah. Okay. I'm, I, I thought maybe we had like a mutual friend, but you know, when people like DM me and they're like, Hey, like, um, I think so-and-so would be a great fit or I would be a great fit. I'm always open. Like, I'm like, yes, everybody has a story. Like I could care less what you do for right. a profession. Everybody has a story. And like, that's what I love. And then, so we're talking and we set up a date to, to interview and then <laughs> you text me last week and you're like, Hey, can, we, can I come a little bit earlier? I'm like, yeah, no problem. You're like, I have to go to therapy right after this. I'm like, wait, I have therapy every Wednesday at the same exact time. I moved mine to tomorrow. But anyways, so my question is, and 
I'm asking this for a very specific reason. When we look at somebody and we see somebody is successful and we see that like from the outside, like your Instagram's gorgeous. Like everything about you is just so put together. And I do think a lot of people go to therapy, but I also think a lot of people go to therapy and never talk about it. Right. Um, so my question is like, and maybe it's just to stay healthy, but for you, like you make sure, cause that's an hour of your time a week. You're super, super busy, but you find the time to do that, to stay healthy. And what capacity do you feel like that benefits you? Well, this is not, so I did therapy, um, after college for a while. And I think that is when I did a lot of processing about my parents' divorce and like what that meant for my life. So um, what kind of pushed you to go originally? Like, I, do you remember like what you were going through? I think I just felt like sad. Yeah. I don't think I felt fulfilled. Yeah. I think I probably had like some mild depression mm. and it was that right after college time when, you know, I was single, I was single all through college. Yeah. And I think I felt like, I don't know where my life's going to go. And I felt just kind of like lost, lost and yeah. like empty a little bit yeah. and like unfulfilled. Yeah. Um, and maybe I just hadn't like found myself. And I think I, that's when I dealt with a lot of the stuff that I went through when I was 13 and 14, when mm -hmm. my parents divorced and like, mm -hmm. just kind of, you know, I never remember thinking it was my fault, but I think that I struggle a lot with guilt for things that aren't, that you shouldn't feel guilty about. Sure. And I think that going through therapy, like a lot of that comes from my childhood where yeah. I would be like, you know, like, why didn't my dad remember to pick me up? Did he not love me enough? You know, you, yep. you have those like reoccurring thoughts. Like what, why wasn't I enough to make this different? And it has nothing to do with you. Right. Right. But as only children, like yeah. everything has to do everything with us, right? To, yeah. The world revolves around us. Yeah. So I think that was, <laughs> yeah. that was that therapy stint. Um, to be honest, I have not been to therapy in a while. Really? No. You so just recently went I, back. Well, this tonight will be my first solo oh in, my like, God, no way. in like a years. And I think it's because of everything that we have going on. I am like, I want someone to talk to about who's not my husband and not yeah. my mom and not my best friend. Yeah. Because I think I really want to be able to show up as my best version of me. And I do that every day for, you know, all my everybody patients, else. for everybody yeah. else. But I don't think I do it for those that are like the closest to me always. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, I'm hoping that's kind of when I, last night I was talking to my husband. I'm like, I don't know what I'm even going to go talk to her about. Like, I don't. Yeah. Because previously it had been like, okay, I feel a little depressed or right. I feel lost. Right. And I'm not depressed or lost, but I am very much feeling like overwhelmed yeah. with how to manage this like new success and yeah. these new businesses, but also to like still be able to like turn that off. Mm. So I'm a hundred percent about being real. I mean, I, I think that's why my Instagram followers like me. Yeah. I, I talk about every plastic surgery that I've had. I could like list them and I do to them. I don't care. I'm oh very God, much, I, we need to hear that too. I'm I very much an open book because I think it's, we like, we see people on Instagram and we're like, their life is perfect. Right. right? right. And we talk about it a lot, like stopping following celebrities and that kind of stuff. And it's not really on them. It's, I think it's on us oh, to like, 100%. to be authentic and be comfortable. Yeah. I don't think celebrities have to tell us everything they've had done. Right. Right. But yeah. So I'm going to have to report back on the therapy front. Cause I, I, a few weeks ago was like, you know what? Like things are great, but I'm still coming home feeling overwhelmed yeah. and just 
I ultimately want to come home and chill and not be so yeah. stressed all the time. So the reason I and like you <laughs> answered my question, like you don't even know that like this just happened. Um, I just recently started going back to therapy too. Oh and for so long, I'm like, God, I feel like a failure, but I'm not going back because I am depressed. I'm going back because I feel like there's so much more in my life and I need to get something open. I don't even know what it is, but I feel like there's my brain goes so like my brain is always drive about ideas and things I can do and things I can put out in the world. And then like, then I have this like hesitation and then I don't do it. Or I like, I do the podcast, I do my classes, I show up on Instagram and I'm like, there's so much more. I feel like I have to offer the world. Mm -hmm. And then I get like, like, I don't have anxiety, but I get anxious about it. And my brain starts going and I'm like, what's going on? And finally I was like, screw this. It's not a failure that I'm going back to therapy because for so long I was forced into it just to basically survive. Um, and now it's like a choice that I'm making because it's the hour of the week. Like I look forward to it so much now, if you can find the right therapist, you'll know why. Um, but where I can go and just like word vomit Mm -hmm. and not have to make sense and not have to like show up for other people. Cause like Mm -hmm. you're, doing very similar things that I'm doing as far as like how we help other people. And like it is, it's, although we thrive on that, it can be very exhausting. But then I feel a little bit guilty because I'm like, I have all these things that I manifested that I work so hard for. And then I come home and I'm, do you know what I mean? Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. That's why I'm going. (laughs) Good for you. (laughs) Yeah. So I think it's, I'm, I'm all about like, let's build this life we want, but also like, let's make sure we're present enough to enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's almost like I can feel it happening around me and mm-hmm. I want to make sure that, that I'm there. That I'm like, there. Yeah. And then on the weekends, I'm there with my husband and that I'm there with my friends and yeah. I'm not stressed about a to do list. Right. 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 And like, you can, but I don't want to stop my career either. Like, that's yeah. another thing is I'm like, I don't want to give up. Yeah. All of this. This is what I think fuels me. Yeah. But it's also, it's, a, and it's okay to be like, this is also exhausting. Right. So I actually just posted something <laughs> on Instagram today, like before you came over. Um, I've just had a few days where I'm just like blah and like nothing specifically happened. And I don't let people see that side of me because I do a lot of motivational, inspirational stuff and this podcast. And like, you know, it's, it's all like, like being mentally strong and mentally tough. And it's like, you know what? There are, you can love your life and be so grateful mm-hmm. and then have a couple of days where you're just like in this funk. Yeah. And like. And stressed and yeah. like overwhelmed and kind of like, hey, I don't want to answer another email. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like even the top people in the world, I look at like Ed Milet talks about this all the time. He's like, I struggle. I struggle more than most people would know. But now, and I'm feeling this way, like, so incredibly happy about the way I can handle it. It's like the old me would go down that depressed victim and it would be like weeks and months of this. Whereas like the new me and and Ed talks about this too. He's like, I know what I need to do to get back to that, that place. And I'm able to kind of like snap back into it, whether Mm -hmm. that's going to therapy, whether that's taking a day or two off of social media, whether that's, you know, taking a day off from work, like whatever you need to do, being able to recognize that you need something 
And it's okay to want something more and at the same time be so grateful and so happy right. for all these things that have happened. Yeah. I mean, that's like it to a T is, yeah. is like, how do you, you know, manage it all? And I think it's by being okay that you're not managing it right. all. Right. Right. And you'll probably find that I think you'll have to report back in like three or four months, but I think you're going to find there's other stuff that you probably went through as a kid Mm -hmm. that is still there that you thought like you dealt with and that it's still kind of there. And that almost like. Which all shapes us, right? Yeah. Like we carry all this stuff and I don't think that you ever stop carrying it. It's in your subconscious. It is. Yeah. It's like this inner like weight that you have to like deal with. Totally. So let's talk about therapy just for a second. I think it can be very daunting yes. to find a good therapist. And obviously you haven't even like met this person yet. So I, I have you. seen this person one time with my husband. Okay. So, so it's a referral like a from things. my husband. Yeah. Got we it. went once before we got married. <laughs> one whole time. It was great. Uh, we <laughs> one loved whole time it. you were fixed and you got we married. We loved it. We got right, married. Right, right. Yeah. A after. But um, yeah. So I'm going to see if it's a good fit. Like a one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to do a one-on-one tonight and see what we think. Um, you know, I, for the most part, I've had therapists that I've enjoyed, um, now that I've had too many of them, I had one in particular who I felt like wanted to ruminate on my mom in particular Mm. for like, she really wanted there to be something there. And I really feel like there wasn't. Mm So I think it's okay to break up with a therapist Totally, you know, where I was kind of like, Hey, like, I don't, this isn't helping me. Well, you're, you're paying them for a service. So if you were like, you know paying a gardener and they weren't doing the job that you right. wanted done. It's okay to be like, Hey, I'm going to find somebody else, whatever. But it is the most exhausting, exhausting and daunting part is like you tell your story, you sit there for an hour, you pay a hundred and whatever dollars. At right? least. <laughs> and then you get to the end of it and you're like, this person isn't my person. Yeah. Right. It's so it's how it's, long it's, have you been with yours? I actually just started, <laughs> and this is this turned into a whole different conversation. Um, I started like four months ago. Okay. Yeah, I think it was April. It might have been March, March, April. Um, and it's not like the traditional therapy. It's he's very, he talks a lot about energy. He talks a lot about like your higher self and your past self. It's totally like outside of like the clinical therapist, which is what I've been used to for mm-hmm. most of my life. But I also stopped going to therapy at like 23 and just thought I could handle the world and move to LA and had an eating disorder and never went to therapy until now. Right. So there's a long time. You got a lot to unpack. A lot to unpack. But I've also like dealt with most of that, I think, on my own. So this stuff that I'm dealing with, this, what he is talking to me about now is almost like, I feel like I'm on the verge of something bigger and I just something is still like in the way mm-hmm. and how to like remove that and how Break to through. truly like, like I know what I want, but actually truly believe that like that is for me and that is yeah. the life for me. So it's very much, we talk a lot about like manifesting and like almost like a business plan for my life, which is cool. Yeah. I love that stuff. So it's nice to not like really sit there and like be like crying the whole time and being like so depressed and being like talking about all the medications I used to be Yeah. On. Th- that can you know? be exhausting. Um, yes. Have you ever done Reiki? No. No. So I'm like a, it helps. I, I mean, I'm an oddball, right? Because I am very, no, cl- I'm open I'm very clinically trained, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked in ICU for sure. God's sakes, but I've done Reiki a lot and I think it can be I don't know. I think it's interesting. I mean, like energy, like energy healing mm-hmm. and like, you know, yeah. I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. And I think you, we carry stuff 
Like we carry negative energy around. Totally. I mean, it, if you think totally. about it, even lodge, like why wouldn't that make sense? Yeah. That's actually, mm, I might try that. <laughs> I can, I might I try can that. suggest a couple of people. Okay. I kind of think a little bit, it's like for me, that type of stuff and yoga yeah. tends to be more of like a healing experience. Yeah. Like when I work out, I'm, I want to do like weights and strength. Right. But I, yeah. So I think it all... I don't know. We're all like just like trying to do the best we can. Right. Right. And like the ultimate goal is to be the best version of you. And that in turn serves other people because you're not walking around like an asshole. A hundred percent. And then you show up as the best version. You make other people better. A hundred percent. I mean, yeah. I mean, my, I, you know, we bring out the best in others when we're our best version of us. Right. So let me ask you about the aesthetics, the plastic surgery. I think, I think there are two polarizing views to this world. 100%. There's a lot of views, I'm sure, right? But um, there are some people that are like, you You are born with the body that you have. Why are you trying to change it? Why are you trying to manipulate it? There must be something so wrong with you. You must, yes. you must have no self-confidence. Whereas some people are like, I just want to make myself feel even better than I already feel. Well, there's a third camp too. And What's that's, the third one? Well, okay. So I think of it as like the, in our heads, people think either Kardashian mm. or granola. Mm-hmm. Like those are the the two options. Yeah. And at least my practice is very much in the middle. Um, I love makeup. I love hair. Yeah. I think that you can love yourself and still enhance things. And there's such a difference in the woman that sits in my chair who, you know, is fulfilled with her family, fulfilled with her career and says, yep, I'm just here for my tune up. I'm, you know, not aging without a little bit of a fight. Right. What do I need next? Perfect. Right. And she leaves. And then that patient that comes in who hates the way they look mm. is staring at themselves in a mirror all day long, picking out every flaw, showing yeah. me all these photos. The two camps are for sure there. Yeah. So it's up to the practitioner to not, you know, enforce or re- reinforce that, you know, negative self-talk. self-talk. Right, yeah. Right. Like, we don't have those discussions in my chair. You don't tell me how ugly you are and how much right. you hate yourself. Like, I literally to my patients will be like, you know, we have to address some other stuff before I'm injecting you. Really? Oh, yeah. I mean. And you you're ha- honest with them? Like, do 100%. they take offense to that at all? Um, I'm sure they do. Right? Yeah. I'm sure. And not, they get mad when you won't inject them. Really? Yeah. I've had a couple of patients that I've turned away because I, you know, they're, un, you know, they've got body dysmorphia. Yeah. You're like, I'm going to do this for you and you're going to come back and want more and more and more. Uh, and more. It's not going to fix the problem. Right. 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 Whereas, right. you know, if, you know, you were born with zero lips and you would like a little plump, right. I personally <laughs> me, think, yeah, yeah me like over here, is that a problem right. for me to enhance your right. lips a little bit? No. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously this is my opinion. I like to eat organic. Yeah. I, you know, believe in Reiki and, doing yoga, meditation, manifestation. And I think that, you know, you can have a little bit of both. Right. Um, But I do think it's it's our duty as a medical professional to not encourage body dysmorphia. Yeah. Um, And I think that's by not treating 18-year-olds, right? Like, and I have some young patients who want a little lip filler and, you know, or, you know, the patient who – has been made fun of forever because their chin is very recessed. Right. And where's that line of it's okay to give them filler, but not somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you have to be able to clinically assess their mental health. Yeah. Right. Which yeah. where is where it's important that you've actually been a medical provider before. Yeah. 
So you're like blending the outside and the internal 100% struggle of somebody's body slash somebody's mind right. in a clinical setting. And I think it's a, a given that like if you never wash your hair and you don't ever get dressed and you are slob and you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to feel good about right. it. No matter what you've had done. Right. right. right? Yeah. Um, so there, I I think there's something to be said for getting up and going for a walk and yeah. having goals. and But that has nothing to do with Botox. Right. 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 But am I going to Botox myself until I'm 100? 100%. (laughs) So what do you do most of? Like to myself or in the clinic? No, no, no. Well, in in the clinic. Um, Filler is the bread and butter of our practice. So dermal fillers and then neurotoxin. What's neurotoxin? So that's Botox, Botox. dysportiomin. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's okay. the generic word. Got it. So that's, I mean, that's my day. Wow. Day in and day out. We do PDO threads, okay. uh, which are cool. And then we have a laser that we're getting in a few months. So we'll be able to do a little laser resurfacing. But I do that and we talk skincare. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah. it is interesting um, that that's what I do for a living. Right. But most of my patients are really like badass women yeah. who have fulfilled lives who just want to stay looking their best. Yeah. And even if you get every single thing done, you're not going to look 18 forever. Right. I mean, I think Kim Kardashian has amazing work done. Yeah. Um, allegedly, let me not. Sure, you know, sure Allegedly. Sure. sure. She doesn't look 18. No. Right? So yeah. we're all going to age. But it's like, for me and in my practice, it's like, how do we age yeah. the best that we can? We're but I think the, the point is to feel good in who you are, regardless of what you look like. And then that is just a bonus. I literally just posted a reel that was like me one day out of the year. And it was like full hair and makeup glam yeah. from a photo shoot. And then me the rest of the year. And it's like, and I, I try to never use a filter yeah. when I post um, and people will say, your skin's so beautiful. I'm like, you know, I don't always love my under eyes. And sometimes I get a pimple. Yeah, and yeah. I didn't love my eyelids. And I had them done. And you like, did? I did. You had and I'm, done? I had my eyelids done. And I'm like 32. And people will be like, you're so young. And I'm like, yeah, it bothered me. No, that's me. so interesting to me, though. It bugged the shit out of me. I yeah. hated that I had saggy eyelids. And I had it my whole life. So I went to a fabulous Atlanta doctor. Good for you. And I had my eyelids done. Yeah, you I'm going to need that done at some point. My grandma had hers done, like, actually, like, had to have that. Like, right. For vision. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, can I just get to a place where I talk to a doctor? I'm like, I can't see. Can you do it? Like, you know, so it's covered, but like that's yeah. that sort of thing. Like it's not talked about, especially no, at 30 years old. Especially at our age. Yeah. I wanted it before my wedding and right. I, and I, I'm super happy that I did it. And it's, yeah. we like our society picks and chooses what's okay. Like it's okay to get a nose job and a boob job, but right. it's not okay to do your eyes or right. whatever. It's not right. okay to get lipo. Um, but that being said, like I am able to go out of the house without makeup on. Mm. Like I normally go to work with mascara and like a tinted sunscreen on and that's it. Mm. So I, I think in a lot of ways we do these procedures so that we don't have to like cover up all the time. Right. And we're not feeling like yeah. we have to like slather on three layers of foundation because our skin's healthy. Right. You know, yes. so it's interesting. Um Obviously, I don't see a lot of the um, like anti-injectables, mostly because, you know, Instagram is smart and right. they feed you what you right. want to see. So is TikTok. Yes. So I see all and, – and my friends are injectors, you know. Yeah. I've been in the space long enough that I own two companies, right. three, that are like literally all around aesthetics. Yeah. So I'm kind of – You know what's going I'm on. I'm biased. Yeah. 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 But could I see where people would be like we're creating a society that they want to fix everything? 100%. Right. 
Right. But it's just dangerous. This is in its infancy. So yeah. you all get ready because in the next 10, 20 years, like we just, this is a new field. We haven't been doing Botox for a hundred right. years. Right. Right. But we have been augmenting ourselves for a all long time. of time. Yeah. So it sounds like you're, you're very much self-care focused. 100%. Um, you mentioned you eat all organic. Sounds like you work out. Yeah. So I always like to kind of like towards the end of every interview, really figure out like what somebody does to keep themselves in a good place. So what are your like, like without a doubt must have must to do's each day? So my number one that I don't always achieve is sleep. Mm. Um, I am a better person when I get seven hours Same. of sleep. I fail a lot, but I've moved my cell phone out of the bedroom. I have a sound machine and I've got an old school alarm clock. Yeah. It is I've done it for almost three weeks now and it has been like a game changer. Wow. So I think we have to put the phones down. Um, skincare is huge. Yeah. Like prevention. It sounds cliche, but like sunscreen, if you do nothing else but wear sunscreen, yeah. your skin is going to look better. Totally. Um, I have a trainer that I do traditional strength training with twice a week. Do you go there? They come to your house? I go to him. Nice. Um, and it is a time commitment and I go in Atlanta traffic, and yeah. but I get it done. Yeah. And then I walk almost every morning. Really? Yeah. Like before you even go to work? Like usually 45 minutes. So I'm up early. I like to have that time to have like my coffee. And then I go for a 45 minute walk because sometimes if I don't, like I, you know. Yeah. It will never happen. Do you listen to podcasts? Do you listen to I love podcasts. Yeah, Yeah, I'm a podcast junkie. Um, I think it's important to invest in yourself, you know. And like we said, our careers are all about serving other people. Mm -hmm. And that's amazing. Mm -hmm. But if we're not taking care of ourselves. And I – you know, I'm not perfect with my diet, but I try really hard to not eat processed food. Um, about a year ago, maybe a little less, I took my like alcohol consumption down like a lot, 95%. Yeah. Um, where I now I have maybe a drink a week. Wow. Which is crazy. That's, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on that too. I would actually like to, (laughs) I want to get more into like the health and wellness stuff. I mean, mental health is always at the root, but our mental health is, so, and, and we hear about it now. Everybody's talking about gut health and like that is so true and yeah. valid. And the things that we put in our body 1000% affect the way that we feel. My anxiety, I will tell you, with the Less reduction drinking. in alcohol yeah. has been crazy. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. To the point that now if I have a drink the next day, like like these like little intrusive thoughts that I don't normally experience anymore. Yeah. We'll have to do like a whole like self-care wellness because it's that has been huge for me. And socially it's hard. Yes. Um, mostly from just other people expecting you to do what they yeah. do. So is your husband on board with a lot of this stuff? Oh yeah. He's okay. healthy. I mean, he um he handles his alcohol better than I do. So he <laughs> still partakes way more than I do, but he doesn't care. Yeah. Um, no, he wants me to be me. Just happy. Yeah. And it, yeah. we've talked about it's a huge change. We first started dating on the weekends. I was working in Durham and I had nothing yeah. to How'd do. How'd you all meet? We met on a dating app. Did you? So yeah. there's hope for me? Oh my God. Totally. <laughs> it's all timing. I, that's, oh, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a thousand percent true. Um, yeah. So what, what dating app? We Hinge, met, no, Tinder? we, <laughs> Bumble. we met on the league. You did? We did. Oh my God. I was on that for a minute and I was like, I don't know if I like this one. I mean, and I don't know that I don't know that it had anything to do with it being the league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I remember when it came to town, they had like a launch. This was almost five years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So we met. Wow. I had gotten off every other dating app, and I kept the lead because it was like you know, yeah, so slow paced, and I was like, this one's not taking up right. any mental space, right? And then we met, went on a date, and then went on a date the next night, and then the next day, oh and that was gosh. it. Was like it. That was it. That was it. Wow. Yeah. So we've been together five years this December. And then you just got married, though. We got married in May. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, of course there's hope. There's, I mean, and you know, yeah. It's. I think it's all about timing and totally. like that person in you being in the right space. And I don't think there's one person for everybody. I yeah. think there's probably multiple that could be great fits. Right. It's just like, when are you ready? Yeah. When are you? And when did you meet that person that like fits your puzzle? Totally. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Anything else you do to keep, you know, healthy, happy? Um, Gosh, you know, I'm obviously is, going back to therapy. To just I'm see excited to is, do the therapy yeah. piece. I think saying no, you hear this a lot too, but there are a couple um, projects that I've been involved with for a long time that I'm going to probably step away from this yeah, year. Yeah. Um, after this year, because they're just not too much. There's too much. I think you have to kind of prioritize. And then this is a random one, but there's this planner called Full Focus. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. But it's a four-month planner, um, so you have to buy four a year, which was great marketing on their part. Um, <laughs> is it an app? or is No, it a, it's a physical planner. I love a planner. planner. I have one. Like, I can't. I put everything on my phone, too, but I love so to write. So do I. Write. You might like this one. Okay. So I was full writing, met my husband, and I went full digital, but then I got this four months ago, and you it forces you to prioritize three things a day. You uh-huh. plan out your week, your month, and then your season. I love that. And that way, because I was like running into this never-ending to-do list. Yeah. So you make a, basically the short of it is a three to-do list for that day. And everything else is cool if you get it done, but that right. way you're not constantly like, God, my to-do list is so long. But you're like top three things. And then, you know, I don't know if you do this. Sometimes I'm like, I have so much to do. And then when I sit down to think about it, I'm like, You no. forget. Yeah. Or I'm like, it's really not have to be I'm like in this I'm in this like cycle where I'm like I'm so busy I'm so busy right really it's like just do a couple things and you're done for the day yeah that's true yeah I do have a very long to-do list and then I get overwhelmed and then I'm like okay I have to get it done on Sunday and then all day Sunday I'm doing stuff and I'm like but I want to relax too at the same point right you know it's called full focus I highly recommend it for like entrepreneurs or people who are like working on projects okay I'm gonna look into that yeah for sure because I need to get like again my brain is just I think it's since I went, um, I was gone for a while in July and it like allowed me the time to like open up my mind. Reset. And now it's like my brain is like on like yeah. overdrive. You've almost. like gotten to that place where you're able to like your creativity is yeah. open again. Yeah. It's cool when those bursts happen. I love it. Um, <laughs> what's next for you? So what's, I know you've got the retreat. Yep. Our conference is in September. Yep. I think it's, you know, keeping the new practice rolling. I'm excited about that. Excited for Atlanta to kind of learn about Lemon Avenue Atlanta. And then I think hopefully next year looks like stepping back a little bit Uh and enjoying a a little bit of a quieter year. Yeah. I'm sure there's some things that'll pop in, but that's my main focus for 2023 is Oh my God. How are we talking about 2023? You're like I know. the first person that's mentioned it. I'm like, it really is only four I'm already away. there in my head. Cause I'm like, this year has been huge. I've, I opened a practice. Right. I got married. Right. We did two conferences this year. We only usually do one. Yeah. I have, I'm speaking at a couple conferences this fall. And then I think 2023, I'm obviously going to keep doing most of what I'm right. doing now, but I, I hope that I'm in a place where I can take a little, yeah. Slow down, uh-huh. pause, break. Some weekends where I don't open the laptop. Right. That's what I'm like manifesting. Wow. A closed laptop. <laughs> so, yeah, a closed <laughs> laptop. I love that. 
you, I mean, you very, you are incredibly inspirational in, in a way that's like, so like, here's just my story. Like, here's kind of how it happened. And it wasn't like you, you know, had this like huge thing happen in your life, like obviously with your dad and stuff, but it wasn't like, I'm going to be this and I'm going to be that. It just kind of like, it just listening to your story is like, okay, then I did this and then I did this and then I did this. And before you know it, like you're a successful entrepreneur, but that was never like the initial goal, which I think for never. most people, it's not usually the initial goal. No. Right. You kind of just figure out your path as you go. And as long as you're open and you're willing to take some risks, put in the hard work mm-hmm. and, and do yeah. things that actually like serve you, that make right. you happy. Right. If you have that, that, strong core reason why you're doing something. Right. Um, and you just keep moving. Mm-hmm. You get to a place like right now where you look back and you're like, this year was huge. It was like the biggest year ever. That's and awesome. Yeah. And wow. I'm excited for next year too. Yeah. It's all good. To see where your life goes and to follow your journey. And I'm so glad that you came into my life. Yeah. And, like, thank you for having me. Is there anything else that you want to like leave our listeners with i feel like we like covered all of the yeah, highlights we totally I did. do We're, we are i am gonna get you back though so we can talk more like we'll do a self-care focused mm-hmm. like wellness one yeah we'll do like skincare food nutrition fitness, i nutrition. love it yeah all yeah. those things um and then in the meantime where can where can we find you a if we live in atlanta and then also Instagram website, all your all your plugs. So if you live in Atlanta and you want to come to our office, we're in Dunwoody. It is called Lemon Avenue Atlanta. Um, you can also search the Atlanta Injector, and we are happy to see you in office. Okay. And then I am most active on Instagram. Yeah. Um, just at the Atlanta Injector. I do have a TikTok that I'm working on also, <laughs> the Atlanta Injector. Um, yeah. So, Such a weird world, TikTok. Yeah, I'm working on it. Yeah. And then I have a traditional website where I blog and um, you can also book appointments there and that's atlantainjector.com. Atlantainjector.com. So. Yeah. Go well, follow her. <laughs> go check her out. And, um, you know, do you do like consultations with people before and make sure? Of like, course. Yeah. yeah. You yeah, can yeah. easily book a consult. We can talk skincare, filler, injectables. Yeah. I mean, I'm people are DM me all the time. So that's a great way to reach out to. And that's super important. Like when you're just getting started on this journey, it's so easy to go to like the cheapest place or like find a Groupon. But like you really need to it's find. It's your face, guys. Yeah, Don't Groupon. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a whole podcast too. Literally. That's, oh, I'm going to make a list. Maybe I'll just have you be a co-host from now on. You're just going to be on every episode. But yeah, it's so true. It's like get to know the person that is helping you to achieve what you want to feel like when you look in the mirror. A hundred percent. So Instagram's a great place. Like watch stories. Yeah. Do they look crazy? If they don't look right. crazy, you're not going to look crazy. Right. Right. Um, do you like their aesthetic? Look at their before and afters. You know, what kind of relationship do they have with their patients? Yeah. I think those are all important other than just like, what's the price? Totally. Agreed. Agreed. Well, yes. this so much fun. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. And you're off to therapy now. Yes, I'm headed. hour therapy today. Today is like, it's like two hours. <laughs> I love it. All right. Thanks, Allie. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode. The biggest compliment I ever receive is when you like the episode, you share it with your friends and your family or a stranger that is in need of hearing this information and from these beautiful guests. And then also to give us a five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I would also love to hear from you. So if you would like, you can DM me at six feet above podcast on Instagram or send me an email 
six feet above podcast at gmail.com. So that's six, the number six feet above podcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear your questions, your comments, your feedback, your suggestions, and also any guests that you would love to hear from in the future. Thanks for listening.